Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Powerful uh, set of readings that begin today. I want to get right into it with you. Let's turn to the Lord, ask forgiveness for our sins as is appropriate each day and delve into the Word of God together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we come to you this morning with repentance. We come to you today with joy because you demolish our sins. In one drop of the blood of Christ, there is enough power to forgive the sins of a billion worlds and more. So we thank you, Lord, that all his blood was shed for us, that we have full mercy, mercy triumphing, over judgment. We thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness not only of our sins. We thank you for the, for the forgiveness of the sins of others. We ask that we, we not be begrudging in our, uh, in our rejoicing that others grow and change and find forgiveness and redemption, not just us, but others as well. Thank you for the transforming power of the blood of Christ wash away our sins, for indeed we have sinned, Lord, and we come to you today once again to start again, and knowing that you, as you have said in the scriptures, you make all things new. We praise you for this, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading today comes from the very beginning of the Bible. We're going to start here today in the readings assigned to the daily liturgy, the book of Genesis. So we're going to the very first book, the very first chapter, the very first verse of the scriptures. Let's listen to it now, and we'll draw out some important lessons. A reading from the beginning of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless wasteland, and darkness covered the abyss, while a mighty wind swept over the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw how good the light was. God then separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Thus evening came and morning followed the first day. Then God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate one body of water from the other. And so it happened. God made the dome and it separated the water above the dome from the water below it. God called the dome the sky. Evening came and morning followed the second day. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into a single basin so that the dry land may appear. And so it happened. The water under the sky was gathered into its basin and the dry land appeared. God called the dry land the earth and the basin of the water he called the sea. God saw how good it was. Then God said, let the earth bring forth vegetation, every kind of plant that bears seed and every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seed in it. And so it happened. The earth brought forth every kind of plant that bears seed and every kind of fruit tree on earth that bears fruit with its seed in it. God saw how good it was. Evening came and morning followed the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate day from night. Let them mark the fixed times, the days and the years, and serve as luminaries in the dome of the sky to shed light upon the earth. And so it happened. 
God made the two great lights, the greater one to govern the day and the lesser one to govern the night, and he made the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to shed light upon the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw how good it was. Evening came, and morning followed the fourth day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, there are two words in particular that I want to draw attention to, and then a third that I want to expand upon. First, the word created. Only God creates. The word is used of no other being in the scriptures. Creating, making everything visible and invisible out of nothing. Only God can do that. And what God creates which is everything that exists, is good. Now, the reason that this assertion that's made at the very beginning of the Bible is so important is that there have been and are today ideas in the minds of some who, yes, believe in God, but don't believe that everything that exists was created by him. They think that certain things that exist were created in other ways or perhaps by evil spirits. And so there was a heresy from the beginning that God created spiritual things, but the devil created physical things, and therefore physical things are bad, the body is bad, etc., etc. And that is not true. That is not the teaching of the faith, the scriptures, the gospel, or the church. God created everything, and everything he created is good. Where evil comes into the world is when you deny good, when you detract from the good, when you have the absence of good. All is good body as well as the soul, created material as well as angels and spirits. The second word besides created is separated. Did you notice how many times the, the verb separate is in these first verses of the Bible? As soon as God creates the light, it says God then separated the light from the darkness. As soon as God created the dome in the middle of the waters, he said, let us separate one body of water from the other. And then later on again, God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate day from night. And then a fourth time before the reading is over, it says God set them these lights in the dome of the sky to shed light on the earth to govern the day of the night and to separate the light from the darkness. What's going on here? God is teaching us a fundamental lesson. He is the God of division. Now, we emphasize so much that he is the God of unity, and he is. He brings us together. He brings us together in a community. He did that of old. He does it today. He does it in the blood of Christ, in the spirit that he sends. Of course, he's the God of unity. He wants the unity of the human family. He wants the unity of the church. But he wants that unity in his truth and in his grace, in his spirit, not in evil spirits, in his truth, 
not in falsehood. He wants unity in his light, not in darkness. And so we see right from the beginning of the scriptures, this word separate, separate, separate. We separate the light from the darkness because they have nothing in common. We separate good from evil. We separate truth from falsehood. They don't get along. They'll never get along. And so God is in the business of separating for the sake of our salvation. Now, let me develop this thought further. All of this happened, what we read today, in the beginning. What does that mean? Paul tells us what it means. He writes to the Colossians in the very first chapter of that epistle. He is the beginning. And who is he? Christ. Let me read the full passage. Because what I'm about to read for you, which is a very well-known passage, it is used every week in the evening prayer of the church, the Liturgy of the Hours. This is a commentary on the first three words of the Bible that we read in Genesis today, in the beginning. What Paul is saying is that means in the Christ. Listen, Colossians 1, starting with verse 15. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things continue in being. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. This reminds us, doesn't it, of the beginning of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word the word was with God, the word was God, and then it says, all things came to be through him. So we call God the creator. Well, Jesus is God. He's the creator too. All things were created for Jesus, in Jesus, by Jesus, through Jesus. All things were created for him. They all have their purpose and fulfillment in him. This is what Paul is saying. The firstborn of all creation. You go back to Genesis that we read this morning, and how is it that God created? He spoke. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters. God said, let there be lights in the dome. And all the creation, we'll continue hearing it in tomorrow's reading, is accomplished by speaking. Well, what does he speak? He speaks his word. And what is his word? Who is his word? Jesus Christ. Creation comes about in Christ, through Christ, for Christ. And what that also means then is that the separation that we commented on already, 
is the work of Christ as well. So now, when you think ahead, and you remember that Jesus said, I have not come for peace, but for division, you see it in a deeper way. When he says, I have come for division, he's referring back to the very beginning of creation, because it was through him that the light was separated from the darkness, just as it was through him that the light came about in the first place. It wasn't just that all things were created through Christ, but all things then were separated through Christ, the light from the darkness, good from evil, truth from falsehood. I have come for division. Why? Because I have come to reveal to you the very one who created everything and the very one who set the standard of what is right and wrong, of what is good and evil, of how we are to obtain life and overcome death. I am the standard. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is separated from falsehood. I am the life Life is separated from death. And that's why we see Jesus Christ speaking about the last day. How all of this creation and all of this history will culminate when he will sit upon his royal throne, gather all the nations before him, and then what will he do? What does Matthew's gospel say in chapter 25? He will separate them. Some it is right, some of it is le has left, the sheep and the goats. Some will go to eternal life, others will go to eternal damnation. And the separation lasts forever. Paul explicates this when he speaks about to the Corinthians that light and darkness have nothing in common. In fact, he says, you are light in the Lord. And he says, you cannot eat from the table of the Lord and the table of demons. These have nothing in common. So in explaining the teachings of Christ, he continues explaining the theme of separation. Now, if we are ministers of Christ, and all of us are in various ways, we have been baptized, we have been called to be witnesses of Christ, we have been equipped, we have been anointed we have to be engaged in the proper work of separation as well. And that's why we have to teach clearly what the Word of God is and what it isn't. We have to pass it on to our children. We have to bear witness to it among our friends. We have to serve in the community. By pointing to the Word of God and by a moral life and also by our words, separate good deeds from evil ones. We have to be able to tell people the difference. We have to be able to draw a clear boundary line. Just like the prophets did. Remember Elijah, he got the prophets together, the prophets of Baal. And then he said to the people, you got to choose today. You got to separate in your mind which way you're going to go. If the Lord is God, then serve him. If Baal is God, well, then serve him. There was a clear separation. There has to be in our lives. Elijah said, how long will you straddle the fence? You can't straddle the fence. How long will you wobble along with two opinions is another translation of the verse. You can't. You've got to separate the way of life from the way of death. One of the early Christian writings, the Didache, starts off that way. This is one of the writings that did not become part of the scriptures. It said, there is a way of life and a way of death, and great is the difference between the two. God said in Deuteronomy, choose life, therefore. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. There's a separation. You can't go both ways at once. 
We have to be engaged in the ministry of separation, the ministry of division. Because that's the only way to bring about peace and unity. Ministry of division first. And that's why people don't want teachers within the church who can't divide right from wrong. They cover over everything with some kind of vague, oh, well, you know, God accepts everybody. God loves everybody. Well, of course he does. But he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. He wants us to change. But they can't properly separate good from evil. And therefore, they're not helping their people to change. And therefore, they're not helping them accept the love of God. And they're false prophets. Every activity is good. They take the sexual morality that the church has always taught from the very lips of Jesus. In fact, even before that, the condemnation, for example, of acts of, 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 of sexual acts outside of marriage, for instance. If you can't separate those actions which are life-giving and holy from those which are immoral, as the scriptures and the church have always taught us, well, then you're not exercising the ministry of Christ, false prophets. Separate for the people what is right from what is wrong. If you can't tell them the difference, you're not carrying out the ministry of Christ. You're not carrying out what God did from the beginning. And in fact, in the beginning, who is a person whose name is Jesus Christ, who shows us and teaches us what is right. We have to be able to separate when a public official like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi say, I'm a Catholic. Or perhaps those of another denomination who say, I'm a Christian, but they're in favor of killing babies by abortion. If we don't separate that, if we don't call them out, if we don't say that's wrong, then we're not engaged in the work of God because we're not properly separating the light from the darkness, the true from the false, the good from the evil, life from death. The ministry of Christ requires applying the word of God, which Paul says is sharper than a two-edged sword. He says it divides joints from marrow. The word of God divides. It's sharp. It makes a clear distinction between what is right and what is wrong. Friends, study all this. Reflect on all this because it's clear from the very beginning of Scripture to the end. The God who is the creator is God the separator so that he may ultimately unite us on the side of truth and goodness and love and life. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the lessons today that come to us from the very first verses of the Bible. We thank you for the one who is the beginning, Christ Jesus. Everything was created through him and for him. We praise you, Lord God, that we are in him. Lord, we are not so much concerned that there is division, in our nation, in our world, even in our church, what we are concerned about, Lord, is that every day we make sure we are on the right side of that division. Thank you, Lord, for light. Thank you for life. Thank you for love. We know the difference between these things and their opposites. And we thank you, Lord, that we are light. We have become light in you and been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Great is the difference between the two, and never will they intersect. Thank you, Lord God. We pray now in the words that Jesus gave us, remembering the intentions that all of us have today. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, may the Lord send his blessing upon all of us now. Give us his protection. Give us his grace. Give us his joy in the powerful name and in the awesome life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for joining This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.